Neighbors. This week we completed Masechet Sukkah, the seventh of 40 tractates covered in the Dafyomi cycle. The last page of the volume discusses the distribution of showbreads in the Holy Temple among the priests. Out of 24 priestly shifts that alternated by week, one shift by the name of Bilga the priest was penalized by the rabbis for a serious infraction, had its accessories and storage cupboards sealed up, and was confined to the southern, less distinguished side of the temple courtyard for distribution of showbread and sacrificial parts. What was Bilga's sin? Some say that the entire shift was lax, showed up late, and thus did not demonstrate the proper honor and holiness to the holy temple. Another opinion offered is that Bilga's daughter apostatized, married a Greek official, and profaned the temple altar when the Greeks overcame the Jews and occupied Jerusalem. When the Maccabees reclaimed the temple from the Greeks, the rabbis fined her father's entire shift. But should not only the sinful daughter be punished? The Talmud quotes the famous folk saying that whenever a child says something in the marketplace, the child is no doubt repeating something he or she heard from one of his or her parents. So therefore, Bilga the father is also culpable. The child presumably heard the father showing disrespect for the altar. The Talmud further asks, why should the entire shift be penalized for the sin of one of its members? To this, the Gemara teaches us that woe unto the evildoer and woe unto his neighbor. This concept is derived from the case of the leper's house whose stones must be dismantled. The rabbis teach us that the reason the house contracted leprosy is due to the stinginess and envy of its owner. Now, if his house abutted on a neighbor's house and they shared common stones, all the stones would have to be removed nonetheless, despite the neighbor's total innocence. This teaches us that a neighbor suffers for the evil or bad intent of his neighbor. Hence, the lesson of the rabbis, distance yourself from a bad neighbor, because you may suffer although you are guiltless, something my parents always warned me about. Stay away from this one, stay away from that one. The daf goes on to say that if having a bad neighbor is bad for you, having a good neighbor is certainly good for you. Rashi explains that this is because God dispenses good measure much more than bad measure. King Solomon also emphasized this when he said, better a close neighbor than a distant brother in Mishlei. Having good neighbors is a great blessing, as the past 18 months have demonstrated. Not only have we gotten to know our neighbors better during lockdowns, restrictions, and when we could not share meals with out-of-town family, but we have come to value the camaraderie and good deeds that neighbors have helped one another with. Religious or secular, we are all in this together. We rely on one another, and we are there for one another in times of need. If a person does not have good friends, he's better off not living, says Rava in Masechet Tainus 23a, based on the story of Choni Hamagel, who reappeared after sleeping for 70 years, only to have no one believe that he indeed was Choni. Good neighbors who are good friends are what keep us going. May all our friends, neighbors, and families be blessed with a happy and healthy new year, and may we all be inscribed and sealed in the Book of Life. Shabbat Shalom v'Shana Tovah.